I wanted to be perfect and I saw her as an extension of me and to me she like was not being a perfect dog whenever she was reactive and that's what triggered me because I was like being challenged on my perfection. This is the With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Hello, hello, my wonderful people with a dog. She's back. She's back. She's having guests again, and we have a guest today on the podcast, guys. I know you guys love those solo episodes <laughs> that I was doing for what felt like three months straight, uh, but we're back kind of more or less in the swing of things, and I'm excited about that. So if you're new here, I am a dog mom to two rescued hound dogs. I've worked in the pet industry for about 10 years and started this podcast because I wanted all of the dog moms out there to have the knowledge and resources that I was able to to have and to gain while I was working in the pet industry. And I like to say that I'm kind of a third party observer. I have a lot of knowledge. I know a lot of people within the dog world, but I'm a dog mom just like you. I don't have an angle. I'm not a trainer. I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not a vet tech. I'm open to all knowledge and experience and just love to talk to people whether it's professionals in the pet industry or some pretty awesome fellow dog parents, as my guest today, Caroline of Dog Mom Mentality, is. Before we jump into the episode, quick life update slash things that have been on my mind lately. So as I said, I'm back. I'm back to doing the guests. I tore my Achilles end of November, had Achilles surgery beginning of December. So now it's been almost exactly three months since my surgery. And it's interesting to say that because it feels like it's been forever. Like it feels like that was a lifetime ago, but my body is not back to normal. Like I'm back to everyday activities and more or less normal. I have like a little limp and I'm back to normal podcast activities. As I said, I'm bringing guests back on and stuff just while I was recovering and and during the holidays and everything. It was just it's a little too much <laughs> to coordinate a surgery and then interview a guest the next day. So so I backed off of bringing on the guests for a little bit, but we're getting back into the swing of things now. So I'm feeling pretty good. You know, spring is in the air. It's March. The sun is coming out a little bit more frequently. I'm in Seattle, and so it's still cold and rainy, but it's getting there. I'm in that kind of rut a little bit of like seasonal depression, though. Like it's still very gray where it was very gray just last month. So hopefully we're going to see a light at the end of the tunnel (laughs) with that soon. And also hopefully we'll see a light at the end of the tunnel with my Achilles recovery as well. Speaking of, that's actually been something on my mind lately is the ableism that I didn't really realize that I had. You know, like I, I think I was aware of it as an issue in our society I think the definition is like the discrimination in favor of able-bodied people. So it's like, you know, I was aware of it. I tried to use the correct vocabulary and everything. But now that I am not 
able-bodied at the moment and mine is very slight. But now that I am limping around and have a harder time navigating certain situations, yeah, like I really didn't realize um, how much I kind of like hung my hat on being athletic and able-bodied and and everything. I kind of mentioned this in a previous episode, but yeah, that's that's been on my mind lately. And so I've been doing a little bit more research into what that means for other people who aren't able-bodied and, you know, how I can can learn a little bit more about that situation and and maybe change some of my inherent thoughts that I had. Yeah, it's just in, it's an interesting thing that's been on my mind. And other things that have been on my mind, plans for next year. I've talked about this. So next year, as in the podcast anniversary, which is on April 15th, but I think the the episode to celebrate will be on April 12th because that's the Wednesday. So the three-year podcast anniversary will be then. And so I'm thinking about like what this next podcast year is going to hold, you know, planning some travel again, planning some merch, planning some more guests, etc. So very excited about that. And other things is just we're back on the house projects, really trying to get a lot of that done. My parents are visiting in a couple weeks. So nothing like guests coming into town that makes you actually like do all the things that you wanted to do (laughs) around the house. And another thing that's been on my mind a lot lately, and this is actually in relation to today's episode, is that almost like all the facets of yourself having worth or not putting yourself into a little box, I guess. So how I relate it to to today's episode is Caroline, our guest today, has been sharing a lot lately about how she's gone off birth control um, just like for her own health and she's navigating that and she's been sharing it on social media along the way along with a lot of other stuff, you know, that she mentions of just she's sharing and talking about things that are not necessarily dog related. And as a person with a dog podcast, as each of us have a dog podcast, you know, it's really hard when you ascribe yourself to this narrative of like, I am dog mom, I am this person. And then you create a brand around it. And then you go and talk about things that are (laughs) not related to dogs, like I'm doing right now in this intro. So don't worry, we will get back to dogs, I promise. But yeah, it's just it's just really interesting thing that's been on my mind lately. And also what I said about all of your different facets, and ideas and experiences as a person having worth because I've been feeling very bitter about that actually lately is I'll see, you know, a TikTok and it's like a makeup tutorial. It's like, this is how, this is the new way that you contour, you know, this new makeup artist just came up with it and I'll watch it. And I'm like, that is how I learned to contour, you know, when I was 19 or whatever. And I'm sure people of older generations who may be listening right now is like, yeah, welcome to the club. This happens <laughs> every 10 years or whatever. The new generation thinks that they recreated the wheel, but we've been really doing that forever. And so I've kind of been feeling like that lately. Like I've been like, like, duh, basically, when I see a lot of this stuff and it's been making me feel bitter. So I've been reflecting on that and I've kind of turn the car around. I've turned that feeling away from that bitterness feeling more towards, well, then why don't you share what you know, Carly? Like, okay, if you already had this knowledge, like, why didn't you share it? Because obviously other people are. 
And so that's just kind of gotten me, you know, on this road because honestly, even same as Caroline was talking about how she went off birth control. I too did the same thing when I was her age, same experience, looked up all the same research. And so it's kind of inspiring is what I'm saying. And that's how I'm choosing to look at it rather than being affronted because that's no way to look at the world. So now I'm I'm feeling more inspired to kind of share some of that other stuff. And I do want to give you guys a big thank you as well, because while I had my whole Achilles situation, I really did that with a lot of the solo episodes. I was talking about things that were not dog related. I was just sharing other things that have been on my mind. And I tried to make it as useful as possible of an episode for everyone. But I just want to say also, you know, thank you to everyone for for sticking through it. My downloads did not decrease, I'm happy to say. So thank you for letting me, yeah, share things that are not necessarily all about dogs and listening to that, like listening to that part of me. So thank you again. And thank you to Caroline also for her inspiration and for sharing other things about herself. (laughs) We got really deep there, guys. Uh, If you're new here, not all the intros are, are um, are that dramatic and deep, but here we are. I guess I'm in one of those moods today. Moving on to today's episode, though, with Caroline. Caroline is the dog mom behind Dog Mom Mentality, which is a brand and also dog podcast. Her platforms focus on motivating and empowering other dog owners to build their confidence and relationship with their dog through training, play, mental health advocacy, and exploring. In today's episode, we talk about how her brand got started. Well, first we talk about her wedding, and then we talk about how her brand got started. And then we discuss kind of her own journey and things that she's realized about herself through her dog's behavior and through the actions of her own dog. So we really discuss kind of like how lessons from having a dog has carried into her own everyday life and made it so she had even more like realizations and knowledge about herself. From this journey that she went on, she also created a journal called Growing and Healing, and it's for dog parents. It can be used for any situation though, but it's a guided journal. She'll tell you all about it in the episode. I really love this one, you guys. It was great to just talk with Caroline because I think she and I are quite similar in many ways. So it was really great just to sit down and catch up and discuss everything with her. So I hope you enjoy and let's get into it. So Caroline, welcome back to the With a Dog podcast. Woohoo! I am here. (laughs) (laughs) We finally made this work. We've rescheduled on each other like 20 times. Yeah. It's all good, though. It's all good. good. Yeah. So I had you on fall of 2021, I think, was your last episode. Right. Yeah. So it's been a a little over a year. Or maybe winter 2021. Right. It's it's definitely been a while, like probably a year-ish at least, maybe a year plus. Yeah. And a lot has happened. It has. <laughs> well, okay, first, wedding. Wedding details. Oh my gosh, that happened, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I – like it's like people ask you so much before the wedding, like what's wedding planning like? What are you doing for this? What are you doing for that? How is this going? How's that going? What are you doing for your honeymoon? X, Y, and Z, like literally all the things, which by the way, we went to Seattle for our honeymoon. Um, for for a few days, and that was really fun. Yeah, I want to hear um, about I, that too. I thought of you, um, <laughs> uh, but 
now after it's over, people never ask. People literally mm-hmm. never ask. It's so true. Yeah. Like I I had a very stressful wedding planning experience. It was like a lot. It was a lot for me. Even though we had a small wedding, like it was still a lot of like emails and meetings and like checking in on people and confirming and like I just had a lot going on. And yeah. it was very stressful and I was so happy to to get it over with. But then at the same time, it was like now that it was over, I was like ready for people to like ask me about stuff. Like, why did you do it this way? Why did yes. you do this? And then it's like that never came. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess that's fine. <laughs> no, honestly, okay, I'm aging myself with this, but I even feel like that six years, seven years later after yeah. the wedding. Like I'm still just like – that was so great. And I want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> and right. it's still there. I'm just like, I made such great decisions and they were so intentional. And then yeah, yes. no one asks. Yes. I would say like all of my all of my decisions, all of our decisions were very intentional. Like it went it played out exactly how we wanted it to. Everything was perfect to what we wanted. Now I'm not speaking for for my mom because she would have liked to have a 200 plus wedding, but yeah. no, everything was like perfect for us. And then now it's like, I'm the expert in intimate, intentional weddings. So like, <laughs> if you have questions, come to me and then it's like, nobody's coming. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yes. No, exactly. Yeah. I, I think I told you this before, but I wanted to be a wedding planner after yes, planning our wedding. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then I was like, it is one of those things that you're like, I am an expert on this now, but no one else wants the same wedding that you did. Right. Like no one wants their your opinion because they're going to end up doing exactly what they want to do anyway, which is right. fine, which is how it should be. But still, I, I know that exact feeling. Yeah. It's kind of like that with my wedding dress too. Like my wedding dress is in my closet right now. And I'm like, what What should I do? Like, what am I going to do? So my photographer did ask, um, she said, uh, or asked if in the spring if I would want to do a like styled shoot in my dress and I was like oh okay like that'd be cool like just you yeah. know she would like get the vendors all together and like you know just to have promotional content for her her brand or herself um her business and I was like okay that'd be cool that's like a good use of my wedding dress again yes um but then I was like okay like you can only do that like once or twice and then at some point like you're gonna have to put this very expensive dress away like yeah do I put it in a shadow box do I like what do I do (laughs) yes that's well and I'm sure you've already done all the research and stuff I tried to sell mine at like a Mm -hmm. half because I, I saved my veil because I was like that had my mom's lace on it and like mm-hmm. some other like pearls and stuff for my great grandma. Like right. I was like the veil was like my like heirloom piece. And I was like the dress I liked, but it wasn't like my favorite part. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to sell it, but then no one bought it, right. <laughs> which then because made me the feel. Because styles change yeah. so quickly. Which is yeah. fair. Yeah. Like when I got married, like it was like all about the lace, which I mean, mm-hmm. it still kind of is, of course. It's a wedding right. dress. You can't get that varied. But um, yeah, like it didn't get bought. And then I was like, oh, I feel mildly offended by that, but okay. And so now exactly. it's just in a bag. And, like, yeah, that's the same way that I feel about like people ask me about my wedding. Like I, I think if I was in that position to like try to sell my dress and nobody bought it, I would be like, I would have the same feeling of yeah. like, okay, why isn't anybody like biting? Why isn't anybody asking me questions? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know this is a good piece of material. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is quality. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have wisdom. <laughs> That's it. That's totally it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, okay. I know everyone, this is a dog podcast, so don't yeah, worry. But it's there's people behind the dogs. <laughs> right. So yeah, I needed to t- ask about the wedding. And then honeymoon, Seattle, Pacific Northwest. What'd oh you gosh. think? I loved it. We we loved the Pacific Northwest. Like I I really want to move out there. I think it'd be so fun. And we are both working um, remote jobs now. So we both work from home. And like, if we ever wanted to, like, now would be the time. Yeah. So we, I don't know, it's very up in the air. Like we, we, our, our lease ends in May. And so we kind of need to decide, like, do we want to renew our lease? Do we want to buy a house? Do we mm-hmm. want to move? Like, where do we want to live? Or do we just like spend another year here? Like, we don't know. Um, and so like, if we did something like crazy, it would be to move to the Pacific Northwest, which I think would be really fun. Um, but for our honeymoon, we went to Seattle for a few days and then we went to the Salish Lodge and Spa and that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we went around Olympic National Park. So that was really cool. That's so, I was so jealous. Well, part of me, I was like, Caroline's in town. And I was like, she's on her honeymoon. She's not yeah. going to stop and see you, Carly. <laughs> but you know, when you're like across the country from someone, yeah. you want to take the opportunity. But yeah, no, I, I was like looking at all your pictures. I was like, that looks so fun. And I was like, I live nearby these places yeah. and I have never gone. So right. <laughs> I need to, you inspired me to maybe do an Olympic National Park trip this summer. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Maine whenever we went to, um, Bar Harbor and, oh my gosh, I'm like skipping on the name right now, but the national park that's there, um, Acadia, Acadia National Park reminded me like a little bit of that in that it was just like the West Coast version of that. Um, so that was like kind of cool to like compare and contrast and like they each have their own unique little bits and um Port Angeles that was pretty cool mm-hmm. and then we went to Forks and Forks has like literally nothing like it's literally nothing like they oh, have nothing there is it just yeah. like twilight stuff like do they have yeah. like shops or something like this is where it no. Bella oh, ran wait, into yeah. Edward <laughs> no they do they do is the thing so so yeah Forks and Port Angeles were both in twilight and mm-hmm. I'm not really like a big twilight person like I've watched the movies and everything but like I wasn't obsessed yeah and so my best friend was so I was like oh my gosh she's gonna be so jealous that I'm going to these places because 15 <laughs> year old her would like absolutely die like if she knew that her best friend was going there for her honeymoon she'd <laughs> her her 15-year-old self would freak out. Yeah. Um, and so I was excited just to go. Um, and I, I like I said, I just love like that region, that area. And so yeah, Forks has like absolutely nothing besides like coffee shops that are like on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Like the um, I don't you guys like call them something, I think. Or like there's a brand that's like very well known in the Pacific Northwest. Like Dutch Bros. Yeah. Like they yeah. have a lot of like coffee shops like Dutch Bros where it's just you know on the side of the road like you can't drive through just the drive through ton of those they have like two places to eat an ace hardware like a grocery store that's connected to the ace hardware (laughs) and then like everything else is like this is where yeah bella did this and like this is the library where you know we have a collection of twilight stuff (laughs) like and then they have like the the beach part which that's really pretty um 
Yeah. Well, that's cool. This is good. I'm happy you went and told me about it. So now I don't have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go to the other places. Yeah. Um, go to the beaches. Those yeah. Are, those are fun. Okay. So that was this past summer, right? Yes. Last that was summer. in September. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Layla was – I saw your photos, your wedding photos with Layla with it, with the kissing and stuff. And it was just mm-hmm. – oh, it was so cute. So how is Layla? How old is she now? She's three. She turned three in October, oh my gosh. which to me okay. feels really old. But I know you're like, you still have a young dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to me, I'm like, that's still young. But also that is like kind of transitioning though into like adult right, dog. Right, right. Yeah. And like we've been able to tell a, a really big difference in just like her overall demeanor and everything. I would say the past like six, six, seven months um, that she's definitely like a lot more chill. And like mm-hmm. there's definitely moments of like really big excitement and she's still super, super playful. But like she's definitely more apt to just like chill, be cool on the couch, which is nice. That's um, good. So, yeah. Well, I know you guys have gone through a lot to get her to that point as well. (laughs) So if you could just give us like a very quick like recap of Mm -hmm. the training, like everything that started you down this road of like dog mom mentality and and everything with Layla. Right. Well, I'm going to definitely use your dog mom phases because I listened to that episode that you made and I was like, this is on point. This is exactly how I'm going to start describing like everything for us. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I definitely like took that from you. And in one of my podcast episodes, I was like, I'm gonna talk about my dog mom phases, and this is from with the dog. Like, this is how <laughs> no, I got this. <laughs> that's good. That's what I'm yeah. so happy it resonated because feel like I feel like sometimes I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. So it's cool that other people felt the same. Yeah, no, to me, I was like, that's a perfect way to to describe it. So, um, okay, for those who don't know our story, we we started off just like not really liking each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, this not, is Layla and Caroline, not yeah. me and Caroline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> me and Layla, we didn't really like each other. I didn't really care if we had Layla or not at first. She was my husband's idea, and it was the intention that my husband would take care of her, would do all the responsibilities. And this is while we were still in college, um, our last year of college. So she was staying at his house for for the month that we had left in college um, until COVID hit. So she's not a pandemic puppy. But she's kind of a pandemic puppy um, and that she didn't really get like a ton of socialization like how she would have if we would have been living in the college house for the remainder of that semester. Mm -hmm. Um, So she really only had like one month of chaos and in a boys college house before we went on lockdown, and <laughs> I know it's. Kind I feel of like funny the to- boys' college house, pro- pro- like that, has to be said. Like no, she does. didn't have that it, experience. It does because I think about it all the time. Like how, because a lot of her sensitivity is like with noises and like bangs and people moving all of a sudden and like just kind of chaos. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like whenever there's like chaos and she can't like have a have a hand or have a paw on all of it like what's going on she like freaks out and like that's whenever her her like fear reactivity starts playing in and she wants to flee um which is like a lot of what we've worked through and I always think about if she were have to stayed in college like in COVID wouldn't have happened Mm -hmm. she would have had like four or five really solid months in her like puppy years from like 16 weeks old until whatever five months later is, um, those like critical puppy stages would have been in that college 
boys college house. Boy college house. Yeah. Right. And that would have been, that's so like complete opposite, totally different than what ended up happening because she spent a month there Mm -hmm. and then COVID happened. And then me, Bobby and her moved into my mom's house and it was just us three. So Mm -hmm. like she went from chaos to like no, no chaos, very peaceful, very like routine, just like chill. Um, and like no parties, like so she missed out on like parties and boys yelling at each other and boys yelling at a TV because of sports and like random people coming into the house all the mm-hmm. time. Like she missed out on like a lot of I'm not gonna say she missed out because like she's fine now, but like those were some critical socialization skills that she yeah. could have gotten. She probably then, missed out on a lot of socialization, as right. you're saying, but also I mean, what kind of training? Which she have probably had at a boys' right. college house. I mean, <laughs> also, yeah, yeah <laughs> she would have right. been like borderline feral, <laughs> too. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're, no, you're totally right, and like, it's just crazy for me to think about like how the pandemic really like changed her path and changed our path. So yeah, she was supposed to be Bobby's dog, and then COVID hit. We moved into my my mom's house, and it was just me, my uh, me, Bobby, and Layla. My mom was um living at her boyfriend's at the time so it was just the house to ourselves mm-hmm. um and it was very calm very peaceful very quiet like not a ton of socialization because covid mm-hmm. and um yeah it was kind of just like okay cute puppy like we, we t- taught her how to potty how to sit how to shake and like the cute things and like that was it that was cool with us yeah um and then after that we moved into the house that we currently live in and I started to work and Bobby started to work and part of Bobby's job was that he had to travel for work um like two one to two weeks at a time maybe like a month or two apart and so I started to have to take on more responsibility of Layla Mm -hmm. and that's whenever I realized like this dog doesn't really listen to me like we don't really have a bond like she really only listens to Bobby like that's okay yeah. that's not cool but like whatever I'll deal with it so like bare necessities like is all that I did um like she was fed she was watered she went out to potty but like literally bare necessities mm-hmm. and like I had no intention on like training her or doing really anything with her so just like coexisting was the the name of the game <laughs> did you did you grow up with the dog I did but it was a toy poodle that like was a lap dog basically okay yeah so like getting a Australian shepherd looking back on it like I I don't want to say like we were naive because we knew that they were like high energy dogs but like at the same time if you've never experienced that before then like you don't know like the full extent to like what that actually means yeah and I think I mean as you said like any new dog parent whether they've had dogs growing up or not are gonna be naive like to right. a certain extent, like right. anyone. And like even myself, like when I like worked in the dog industry, I was like right. still naive <laughs> to yeah. half the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and so during that time, I started to to see some of her like fear reactivity come out and she would flee at uh, loud noises, bikes, scooters, skateboards. Um, and it was like really intense and it would like flip super quick so like if she if we were even like half a mile away and she heard a skateboard coming she would like start and try to run in the opposite direction like it was very very intense and so 
that was kind of like the first time I'd ever connected with her because I was like, oh my gosh, like it feels like you're having anxiety. It feels like you're very, very fearful and like you're having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of anthropomorphizing or however you say it, like Layla. anthropomorphic. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like it was the first time that I, I ever was like, oh, like I've kind of had this like feeling before. Like that really sucks that you're also having that feeling of like fear <laughs> and like anxiety. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, Layla, you have anxiety like mommy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So like that felt shitty. Yeah. And like I didn't know what to do at the time. So I just was like, okay, we just like aren't going to go for walks outside of our street. So like at least I know our street is like controlled. Like, I know everything that's going on on our street. And, like, I felt safe there. And she did, too. So, like, for a really long time, we didn't walk off of our street. Um, And probably during that time, she became really unfulfilled. And, like, probably that that made her more on edge. And, like, she didn't really get her energy out. And, like, that probably contributed to, like, the anxiety that she had and, like, how she was on edge. Like, I would say what we described her as mostly during that time was on edge. Like, she's just a very on edge dog. Um, And then a little bit after that is whenever she started to show aggression in her crate, which was, like, the breaking point for us. Mm. Um, And so that's whenever we started, like, actually really getting into training and, like structure and routine and obedience and like trying to fix all of our problems so like I could breathe for once and like not be this like overwhelmed anxious mess because of my dog like I couldn't escape her I felt like I was constantly like living with this like tension in the house because of her Mm -hmm. that sucked yeah really sucked um and then I like also felt bad because I was like why is a dog like stirring up all of this in me And so it was just, like, a lot of emotions. There was, like, some other personal stuff going on at the time, too, that kind of just, like, amped it up as well. But Plus pandemic. Right. Like, like already the world is in a whole nother state. So, yeah, Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, pretty much, like, I felt like my world was crashing down on me and, like, I blamed my dog for giving me all of this, like, mess and disaster and so I was like okay well what do I typically do with like mess and disaster like oh I fix it so like that's kind of the that was the intention at first of like training her was just like so that I didn't have as much stress in my life because if I trained her and like I fixed her then like that's okay that's one thing off my plate Mm -hmm. um but then it ended up turning into like so much more of like learning to to build a relationship with her and like bonding with her and like ended up ending up having this like really good solid like relationship and communication with her and then like I learned so much about um her and myself and training and psychology and like emotions and feelings along the way and then Mm -hmm. that's kind of how um dog mom mentality came to be because I was connecting these like human feelings with the dog world and dog ownership and kind of using that as a vehicle to talk about mental health and emotions and like emotional intelligence and making that relatable um, or bringing it down on like a level that people could, could understand. It was like more tangible to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how, how dog mom mentality came to be. And if anyone wants to hear more about dog mom mentality and like everything that you just recapped, go listen to the first episode with Caroline, which is in the show notes. But I think with dog mom mentality, as you said, like using it or it being a vehicle to talk about mental health, Mm -hmm. I think people really don't realize unless until you're in it, until you're experiencing it, how much your dog does affect your mental health. Right. Or just your mood during the day. If I don't sleep well because Lupin is 
like on my legs sleeping mm-hmm. on my bed or something at night it just like affects my whole next day that I and I don't sleep right. well and and I'm tired and I'm grumpy and and it's like and then you turn that resentment and you're like oh it's because of you like mm-hmm. to the dog which is true and that's like such a low level example and right. then you have you know even higher level example as you said of you know experiencing the reactivity and like all of that kind of stuff that can just really really impact like right. how you go about your day. Um, so talk to me about how she inspired your own kind of like personal growth and healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like a lot of it was digging down deep into like, why are these things actually triggering me? Like my dog fleeing or my dog barking, like like, yeah, that was, like, the thing that you saw on the outside that was, like, triggering me. But, like, whoa. I had to, like, dig down deep. Like, why am I actually so triggered by, yes. like, this dog? Yeah. And I've came to two realizations that pretty much sum everything up. One is that I wanted to be perfect and I saw her as an extension of me. And to me, she, like, was not being a perfect dog whenever she was reactive. And that's what triggered me because I was, like – being challenged on my perfection and like my whole life I've grown up being a only child and like being very like independent and so like to finally have this thing that was like my output that wasn't like you know it wasn't controlled like you know I write I write code and stuff for my job and like I know how that's going to turn out because it's very controlled it has its like constraints but like this was a thing that I was working on that also had like a heartbeat and a brain mm-hmm. and feelings and like I couldn't control all of that. And like that was just so like triggering to me. But then it coming back and like being – it was challenging my perfection and how people perceived me was yes. kind of like that deep-rooted thing that I had to heal. So that was that was one of them. Um, the other thing that this was just like a very, very recent realization, like within the past couple of weeks is that I was kind of going through this whole thing about fear and like unhealthy versus healthy fear. And like, I, I typically operate out of what I consider unhealthy fear, which is like people pleasing and like not wanting to disappoint people. And like my actions were very much motivated by other people because I either wanted them to perceive me a certain way, or I wanted to please them. I didn't want to upset people. Um, or I chose something because I thought that's like what they wanted. I assumed that that's what, what they were going to ask for. Um, whereas healthy fear, which is what I'm trying to live more in now is like more like limiting beliefs. And like, I can't do something because, you know, I don't think I can. And then I have to work through that limiting belief, more of like resistance kind of thing, if that makes sense. So I, I've been thinking about that like a lot, like this fear kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And for so much of my life, I would consider myself like living in that unhealthy fear type of type of state, which caused me to like always play safe, always play within my zone, always like stay in the box type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Layla, her motivation is for herself and it's always been that way. It's like her innate motivation to do something is because she wants it, not mm-hmm. because somebody else is telling her to do something. And I think looking back on it, I think that challenged me a lot too. That like our motivations to do things, total opposite. She yeah. was motivated to do something for herself. For instance, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the example of, of that like she 
smells chicken on the sidewalk. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And like she's willing to go through a little bit of discomfort to get that piece of chicken, like maybe pulling on her leash a little bit to get that piece of chicken because that is what she wants. But to me, like I would never get out of my box to reach what I actually wanted because I, I, I wanted to play safe and I didn't want to go through discomfort. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like what I boiled it down to is that like our for so long, our motivations for like what we did in life and how we acted, total opposite. And I think that was really challenging for me too. But it's not something that I realized until like two weeks ago. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. kind of like this hindsight is twenty twenty. But like that's a really big realization for me. And like something now that I know, like I'm going to have to heal that. Like I'm going to have to like take that into consideration. Like whenever I get frustrated with Layla, like is that one of the reasons? Like is that one of the the core reasons that I'm frustrated at this moment? And then like with other things too, like I just know that that's something that I need to work on is my people pleasing tendencies and like setting boundaries and like doing things just for myself and figuring out like when I'm doing something that's for myself versus for other people. So I big, big realization. Those are, it's very like (laughs) profound. And I love that you brought it up. And I think those two reasons what stuck out to me is both of those is like you're learning more about yourself Mm -hmm. through your dog and or like through their actions. And I think that's so cool if people can get to that place with their dog and actually like have that relationship where they're seeing their dog's actions, not just as like, it's a dog. Mm -hmm. They do what they do, you know, but just like, okay, this is her motivation to do this. And, oh, that's, like, really interesting. That's usually not my motivation to do that. Like, how, you know, can I be more like her? Or, you know, how do I alter my viewpoint a little bit? And I think, yeah, that's so cool. Those are really big realizations. And I think the, like, perfectionist control aspect that you mentioned, too, um, I totally understand that because a lot of times we see the dog as a reflection of Mm -hmm. us. And if they're not doing something that you want them to do or they're not behaving in a way that you want them to behave or even if they don't look in a way that you would want people to see a dog and like look even it's it is really about like how society perceives you and Mm -hmm. you feel like you can't control some of those things. And so like I I've seen that definitely in the um, shelter dog Mm -hmm. aspect of, you know, a lot of people being like, oh, well, like, I don't know, that pit bull, like, it's a perfect dog and it's so cute and everything, but, like, how are people going to perceive me if I'm walking them down the street or – Right. And people do, like, society does perceive you sometimes based on how your dog behaves or looks. Right. And it is having to, like, buck that, like, that feeling a little bit and having to go against it, especially as you experience with the reactivity it's just like you have to – your dog is not behaving in a way that society thinks like right. a dog should behave and and you have to like defend them to mm-hmm. a certain extent. And, right. And yeah. like my past self did not want to defend them. My past self was like, fucking fix it. Yes. Like you need to fix yourself, Layla. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it can be so frustrating when you're just like yeah. – 
do it right. And right. I kind of have that with Lupin right now. It's it's not quite the same, but as he's getting older, he's just a lot less steady on his feet. Yeah. But he'll sometimes just like go down the stairs a little too fast. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, stop, you know, and and I'm just, it's just like, it give, builds anxiety and frustration totally. in me yeah. as he like stumbles around. And it's like, well, Carly, like it's your job to right. get a fence from front of the stairs manage. or like hold him mm-hmm. or like whatever it is. Yeah, manage right. it. Yeah, coming to that realization is like a turning point in itself and then doing all the work to actually start managing and fixing it. Right. Too. The awareness part, like with anything in life, no matter how big or small it is, like that's the first step. And yeah. then like working on things based off that. Because I've always known that I was a people pleaser. Like literally I've always known that. I've always known that like my biggest trigger was disappointing people like fear of disappointment like even in high school and college like I I worked out of the assumption of like I need to not disappoint my parents or I need to not disappoint x y and z and like it's not even like my parents were putting that pressure on me um I just kind of told myself that I guess I'm sure like if we wanted to get really into like psychology we could figure out something but um that's not what this podcast is for (laughs) um but Yeah, you know, I like knew that for a really long time. But then even the other day, whenever I realized that like our motivations are different between me, Layla and I, I was like, that just makes so much sense. And like ever since I've been really cognizant of like, if she wants to sniff somewhere, like she like I do notice like she will like do whatever it takes to go sniff that thing because she really, really wants it. Mm -hmm. And like now it's kind of like admirable a little bit for me to like watch her do that because I'm like. That's my little independent badass girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of like flip this flip, flip the script a little bit because I'm like, man, I should like be more like that sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it it almost means so much more when, you know, they want to go eat the the chicken right. in the gutter or whatever and you say no and right. say like no, like we let's go this way or whatever. It means so much more when they do listen to you. Right. In that instance right. because you're just like, I know that you like if you really wanted that, you would you go for it. You could have you could have really put up a fight right. for it. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, talking more about how you've reflected on how Lay's, Layla's actions affects you and how you've had to go on this whole journey with her in your dog's training journey. How is like supporting yourself emotionally important? Have you noticed? And and also within that, tell talk to me more about the journal that you created to help right. yourself and others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, having Layla and going through this whole thing was, like, it really sparked this change in me of, like, you don't know that you should, like, work on something until it's, like, triggered. Like, I've always heard that, like, you don't go through, like, this deep sense of, like, healing or mental health or, like, whatever you want to call it until you're like extremely extremely triggered and like at the at your lowest kind of thing mm-hmm. and like that's how I did feel with Layla and it did kind of just have this big explosion of like I need to work on my mental health I need to work on like there there's so many things that like I could work on in myself and um my first and foremost thing was to get Layla to a place that was manageable that I could breathe that I could like live an enjoyable life with her Mm -hmm. um and so that was like the initial motivation for for so so long because I was living under that like egotistic how are people perceiving me so you know for like the first like 
maybe half of our training journey, it was like all for myself. Um, And then it kind of, you know, I realized like there's so much more that I could be doing with her and make it less transactional and like it be more of a relationship instead of like transactional, I guess you could say. Um, And so that is like whenever I really started to, to have all these like big realizations of like how I could also be doing some of this for myself and like realizing that some of the, um, training methodology or training like lingo that's thrown around could be used on myself, like setting boundaries and trigger stacking. And, um, uh, there, there's another one, uh, like impulse control, you know what I mean? Like to not react, um, immediately and just like decompression. Like there were so many things that I was like, oh, like I could kind of use this on myself. Like how could I do this from like a human standpoint. Um, and so I started to like really get into that. And then it, it turned into me going to starting to go to therapy, getting on medicine, taking like some action steps, making good habits. Um, and then now I've, I've like really gone into this like self-improvement, like spirituality, healing, like kind of just like getting my hands on like anything that's like in the self-development, self-care, personal development, like genre. Like I'm very gravitated to all of that stuff right now. And it's weird because it's, I'm not really like as in the dog stuff, if you want to know the truth, like, yeah, especially compared to what I used to be. Like I used to be, you know, watching trainers, Instagrams, Instagram reels, TikToks or whatever for like hours on end. And it's like, now I'm watching people talk about their periods and their, (laughs) their astrology and like this personal development and like forming good habits. And I'm like, that's what interests me now. It's like very interesting to see kind of like that evolution of how I was like really into fixing, fixing in quotations, fixing my dog kind of learning about all of these things, applying it to myself. And then now I'm really interested in like learning more about how I can help myself. Um, but what I, what I really, really noticed throughout the whole journey was just like my emotions. Like I was on a roller coaster of emotions, um, lots of ups and downs. And I realized like how much I was holding in my body and like, I wasn't really getting it all out. Like I just had a lot of frustration and a lot of um, resentment at times towards Layla. And um, I just like held a lot of that in my body. And um, there were some things like I share, I share a lot on Instagram, but there were some things that like I didn't want to share. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know, maybe it was a little bit more personal. Maybe I found it more embarrassing. Maybe I felt shame around it, like whatever the case may be. And um, I started to get into journaling more and more about my dog. And so I had always been into journaling, but I started to journal specifically about Layla and like what she was kind of making me go through. Um, And so later on, I had this idea to develop the journal Growing and Healing, which I didn't even come up with that name until like it was completely developed and I was like, okay, I have to figure out a name. (laughs) Um, so I came up with, with the journal idea, did research, um, did, did calls, did the development for it. And then it came out last October, October 31st, I think. Yeah. October 31st, um, is when it came out. So it is available on my website. (laughs) 
through this whole conversation, I'm really just noticing how much you reflecting on Layla's actions has made it has made you reflect on your own. Mm-hmm. And it's like she is the best thing that ever happened to you is like what I'm feeling. I but don't t- don't tell your husband that. But it's it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know at first you were like, what is the plan with this, bro? Right. Like, why are you getting a dog? I don't know if this is what I want for us. But but you went along with it and, yeah. and it was like his dog. Um, yeah. So just don't let him know that he was right, like right. to get her um, <laughs> without you being like 200 percent on board. But it's right. But it's OK. You know, yeah. it turned out OK. Yeah. Uh, so this journal. Okay, I'm not a journal girly. I mm-hmm. don't – I've never – I think I tried to do, you know, the diary entry, all right, of that right. growing up as a teenager um, with those very millennial, like, journals that were, like, fuzzy with, like, a little mm-hmm. lock and key on it. I, I don't know. I could never get into it. I could never – I never had the attention span to just journal. Right. But what I've seen about yours is it has more, like, prompts yeah. and – so it's more almost, like, workbook-esque. Yeah, so so you could think about it that way, um, but I consider it a guided journal. So okay. the prompts make it like the guided piece. Um, what's funny too is like I was not a diary person growing up either. I didn't really start journaling until I was in college, and it was more of like this safe space that like nobody saw it except for me, and like I could get it out, like I could get my anxiety or my frustration or my like whatever out, pen to paper, but like. I nobody else knew and like that was that was the thing I was like nobody knew I was going through this kept it into myself to keep yeah. the the perfect persona going on on the outside but um this is not me telling you that you should journal and like hide all of your anxiety because <laughs> I don't promote that but like that's yeah. definitely what I did at one point um <laughs> and so yeah, the the journal now for for dog owners guiding or growing and healing is a guided journal, and it's it's broken down into uh, four different sections. So there's an intention setting section, which is basically like, what do you want to get out of this? Like, what kind of dog owner do you want to be? Like, what is your why behind it? Um, then the next part goes into to goals. So there's goal setting pages for six months, um, and then the the journal part is the the guided prompts based on different emotions. So my thought process with that was that so many people need to learn to label their emotions um, because you handle different emotions very differently, um, and so the prompts are based on the emotion. So there's five to six prompts for each emotion and they're all different. Um, so like the, the prompts for anxious is different than the prompts for, um, uh, like frustrated and the prompts for frustrated are different than the prop than the prompts for like misunderstood and alone kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it goes through 10 common emotions that, that dog owners face. And that was some research that I did some lots of like gathering on my stories and like getting surveys and talking to people um so there there's five like negative and five positive emotions so frustrated anxious guilty um misunderstood and alone uh unmotivated and then joyful brave grateful and appreciated uh motivated and vulnerable and Mm so um you know, all the prompts are different and they all have like a different meaning. So, you know, for anxious, it's all about like 
you know, kind of grounding you, bringing you back to like what you do know, what you can control, like maybe setting up like a game plan, having a mantra for like, what are you going to do whenever you like are in that situation? Um, And then like frustrated, it's all about like rewarding your mindset and like seeing, you know, like, is this a pattern? What could you do to break the pattern? Um, How would you handle this next time? And then, you know, like the more, that more happy ones, like joyful, brave, grateful. It's like about reflecting and like wanting to reminisce and remember and like keep those moments somewhere special Um, and having those to look back on whenever you are in like the more difficult situations or emotions. And then the last part is a wins tracker, which is basically just like your big and small wins to look back on whenever you need to pick me up. Oh, I love that. I love how you put um, vulnerable in the positive. Yeah emotion too. I like that a lot. I think that sounds really approachable for anyone, like no matter how they like to journal because, or no matter what dog mom phase they may be in. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it like at first from more of a reactive dog perspective, but then like so much of these can be applied to, or all of them can be applied to any situation. Like every, every dog goes to the vet like that's probably going to be a stressful situation for dog or all dog owners. Um, Every dog ages, like dots comes with some stressful moments. Mm -hmm. Um, You might put a new dog into your house, you know, get a new dog. Like that's probably going to be stressful at times. Lots of people go through puppy blues and like, you know, that's something to work through. And so, you know, even if you aren't looking to like have this whole big transformative experience with your dog um, and, you know, you want to heal your life and all of this stuff, (laughs) um, you know, even if you aren't looking for something like that, having the awareness of like what you're going through emotionally can be so impactful on like so many different levels. And even if you're using the journal for your dog, like so many of these questions can be applied to work, partner, child, etc. I like how you have broken it up into the different prompts and mm-hmm. the the guided part of the journal because right. I think that's been my issue doing journals in the past or diaries or whatever is that I I think I do need some I'm realizing this right now as you've explained your journal. Yeah. <laughs> I do need some kind of prompt because right. otherwise by the time I I finish like writing a sentence, my ADHD brain is already like on a completely different topic. Right. And, and there's like no, I don't know. There's, there's just like no plot to it. It's just like mm-hmm. random thoughts. And so I think that's why I always gravitate to like to-do lists or right. um, my notes app on my phone that I have like, I have so many different sections of that. And, and I just, I'm like, this movie was really good. And then I hop over like, I heard this mantra today that's really good. And here's the things I have to do do today. Oh, a win with Lupin was. Here's a podcast topic. And it's all just like a scatterbrain thing. So I like the idea of just like, here's the question you have to answer. Mm -hmm. And here's the question you have to think about even and work through. And yeah, I think I'm liking this. I'm liking the idea of this. A lot of them are set up to where they kind of like piggyback off of one another, right? So like for frustrated, it, it always starts off with like what happened basically, like what situation are you in? Like give us a rundown. Um, and then, you know, what outcome were you hoping for out of the situation? What is your frustration trying to tell you to work on? Um, how do you think your dog felt during this experience? 
how does this feeling of frustration bring up thoughts or experiences from the past? And then if you've noticed this feeling becoming a pattern, what can you do to break the pattern? So like, you know, for that question, particularly, like I'm thinking about the people who who constantly get frustrated with their dog alert barking, but don't mm-hmm. do anything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's you looking back on yourself and being like, okay, maybe I should like put in some effort to yes. stop the alert barking or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's like that coming, the, the awareness of it. It's like, okay, I'm aware of it now. Like, what can I actually do? Yes, you're aware of it. And and it's almost kind of, it brings you kind of full circle to like removing the resentment mm-hmm. towards your dog that mm-hmm. could be building up because of this action and then giving you the power, like putting the power in your hands to be like, okay, right. how are we going to like fix this or manage it or right. whatever? Like, what are the next steps? Yeah, no, I really, I really like that because, as you said, it's it's not just reflecting; it's it's bringing it full circle. What's the next steps here? Right, right. And and it makes you realize that you may be bringing on these frustration feelings onto yourself, mm-hmm. and like even if it's your dog's actions, it's like, yes, but have you fixed it, or right. or have you looked into you know right. managing it? Right, or it can like make you think a little bit deeper. Like, why is it actually bothering you that mm-hmm. much? You know what I mean? Is it like something small like the sound hurts your ears or is it like you know a bigger thing like perfectionism or something like that you know what I mean yeah no I can definitely say what my example earlier from Lupin you know just going a little too fast down the stairs and I'm just like oh don't trip and or he does stumble a little bit and catch himself it's like what bothers me is the fact that he's getting older right it's it's not that he's stumbling around because it's like yeah of of course he will. And mm-hmm. it's also bothering me like that I'm not doing anything about it. Like I feel like I can't. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I can manage it, but I right. can't like actually do anything about right. him aging. Right. And, and um, that's hard. That's like a hard thing to go through. Yes. Yeah. And I – oh, God. I mean that's a whole nother topic of senior dog stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah. No, I, I think that that journal, as you said, it could be really useful – for any dog mom phase that you're in, whether it's a new, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the puppyhood stuff of like potty training and frustration and all of that, or the senior dog stuff, like we just right. said, or the reactivity, right. as you mentioned. Like I used it here pretty recently because like I said, I've just like not really felt like into uh, into dog training as much as what I used to and like felt very guilty about it and felt really unmotivated. So like I went through and did the guilty and unmotivated ones to just like kind of get that spark back in me, like see if there's anything that I could do because like I genuinely did feel bad that like I wasn't into it as much as I used to be. And like I think part of that is like partly guilty because maybe I feel like Layla isn't getting as much as what she used to. And then like I think literally part of me is like scared to not be as into it because I've built this platform around it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like that's been a really hard thing for like me to let go of. And it's not that I don't love my dog, love dogs, love talking about them anymore. It's more like I'm starting to have different interests and like I'm scared to talk about that because what if nobody likes it? And like I've built my platform on dogs Mm-hmm. and like talking about mental health and emotions through dogs and then it's like I don't know you know what I mean yeah. like does that make yeah. sense yeah no I, I I'm like I mean, in your dog mom three phase I think like yours is like the third one where you're like not as into 
you're not like a super dog mom like how you once were. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm in that phase, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it sounds like and you're in like a good phase too of everything's just like chill. Right. With Layla. You know, like right. like you've gotten to a nice balance. She's a little older. You you feel like you can release the reins mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. Which is a good thing, you know, and, and that's why I did that phases episode um, because it, I, I was going through that exact same thing mm-hmm. of me being like dog podcast, dog mom, like all these right. things. I, I travel around London with Lupin. And then it was just like, oh, wait, now I'm a little older and my dog is a little older and – you know, I used to be super into playing with Lupin and mm-hmm. just like going on adventures. Now, like he's not up for that really. Right. And so I've had to create a different relationship. So I, I can totally resonate exactly yeah. what you feel. But I, I like too what you said earlier, uh, the last note about the journal, how you felt like you had to get these emotions out of your body. Mm-hmm. Somehow. And just on, yeah, just somehow out of – because it really can just like swirl mm-hmm. in your brain. Right. And especially if those thoughts are negative, those swirling feelings and what am I going to do about it? But, oh, my God, it's so frustrating. And, mm-hmm. you know, why won't they just behave the way I want them to? And all of these things, you know, should I get better food for them? Right. And are they healthy enough? Just like all of these things can just swirl around. So I love the idea of just putting it onto paper, getting right. it out of your mind. Right. Because if you're like thinking about it constantly – and you don't process it, like, you just will always think that you feed your dog not the best food. But then if you, like, actually go through and think about it and process it, like, you are feeding them the best food that you you can and that you think is, like, the best. And, like, that initial thought was probably just because you were comparing to somebody. But, like, until you actually sit down and process it, you're just going to be on this loop of, like, I don't feed my dog the best food. I don't play with my dog enough. I don't train them enough. You know what I mean? Until Mm -hmm. you, like, sit down and process it somehow. Um, yeah. Like I I love journaling, but I also love just like turning on my my voice recorder, like on my phone, um, memo, like voice memo note type thing. Yeah. I don't know, whatever you call it. And like just speaking about it. And then it's like that verbal process sometimes helps me too. Um, yeah. So yeah. Highly recommend not just sitting with your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's a note for – there we go. I think we should end it on that for all the dog parents listening. Get those emotions out in however you want to get them out. Verbal, written, interpretive dance. You right. do you. Yeah. And if Caroline's journal can help, where can they find it? Yes. So they can get it on my website, Dog Mom Mentality. There is a hardbound version or a hardcover version, a spiral version, which is – the favorite and then an ebook. So if you wanted it on your iPad or tablet. Um, and then for your listeners, there will be a discount of uh WAD 10. So 10% off any any purchase. It doesn't have to be a journal on the website. So WAD10 is the discount code. It'll apply to the merch and stuff too. Anything mm-hmm. on the website? Yep. Oh my order. goodness, guys. So <laughs> WAD10. Thank yes. you so much, Caroline. And then if they want to follow you, where can they find you? Yep. Dog mom mentality across all platforms, uh, TikTok, Instagram, podcast. And I forgot to mention this, but uh, we do ship internationally. So if you are a UK, Canada, Australia listener, you can still order the journal. If you order the journal internationally, I ship it via the distributor. So like 
you won't actually go through my website. But if you email me with like journal shipping internationally as the subject, I will make sure to get that to you. So you don't have to pay like outrageous, outrageous shipping costs. Um, but that's just for the journal, not for the merch. So if you want a t-shirt, then you still have to pay U.S. shipping prices, unfortunately. But the the journal is nice in that they have distributors all over. Um, so it's really easy to to get to people internationally without them having to pay like $50 worth of shipping. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, I know I do have a, a few international listeners. So hopefully you guys will jump on this journal. Um, and and I just love your merch too. Any of the yeah. merch is just, it's fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Caroline. Yeah, for thank this you. Convo. And yeah, it's been way too long since we've caught up. So we need to do this more often. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will send you a link to be on my podcast. Yeah. I would love that. All right. Well, if you want to follow With a Dog Podcast, it's at With a Dog Podcast on Instagram. It's Carly With a Dog now on TikTok because I started doing more personal stuff. So I switched it up. And Carly With a Dog is my personal account on Instagram. And I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Awesome. Bye. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.